That Force Radio. That Force Radio is rated M for mature. Or should that be immature? Hey guys, Dustin Wint. Hey, this is Scott Snyder. This is Paul Dini. And you're listening to Bat Force Radio. And you're listening to Bat Force Radio. You're listening to Bat Force Radio. This is Tom King. I write Batman Bitch. And this is Bat Force Radio. Welcome to Bat Force Radio, the Batman slash DC podcast with no limits, with a comic book review stack for the date of May 29th, 2019. We got Bat Force Tom over in sunny California. Hey, he's on the weed here! We got Robin Cross up in Canada. I'm currently stuffing shawarmas in my face hole. Ooh. Ain't gonna stuff itself. <laughs> <laughs> no And we got a nice chunky stack tonight. We got Batman, The Last Night on Earth, Issue 1. We got um, Batman Detective Comics Annual Number 2, Heroes in Crisis, The Final Issue, Catwoman Annual Number 1. We have Doomsday Clock Number 10. 10. And uh, we have a missing trunkler. So (laughs) let's get into it, man. Um, He's off planet. Let's get to the meat and potatoes. Highly anticipated Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo story, Batman Last Night on Earth, issue number one. First thing I want to say on this is I love that it has the production feel. We won't know for sure until we have the physical book in our hands, but it has that production feel of the classic uh, prestige format books. You know, multiple title pages, you know, you open it up and there's the, oh, yeah. the first page that has like all of the uh, the print information and everything like that and yeah like logo page logo page but then once it starts the third page page 3 of the book is a perfect comic book page this is going to be outstanding i went to pick up my phone to look at page 3 and i dropped that thing <laughs> such a loud thud on the desk in my apologies. that was that was page 3 slapping my slapping its fucking hand down on the table Boom. So yeah, so we uh this is Oh really... wow, yeah, you're right, Robin. Holy shit. Page page three once the panels actually start is what you mean? Because they have a... Yeah. Yeah, story page three. You're talking about in the rain and shit? Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. That the the top panel is that, that wide shot showing Batman looking at the little boy on his knees with the umbrella and it's pouring rain. Just yeah. that we just outstanding. Do you uh, do you feel that like Greg, Greg was like pulls back, baby? I was, but it feels like he was like holding this stuff like in. Yeah, was because good. as I was going through this, as I was going through it, like the art really made me stop and like look because I was like, damn, this is fucking, this is good. People like Greg Capullo and Sean Murphy, like these, these, they set the standard, the high standard for like awesome batman comic book art man you know it's like they don't skimp on the backgrounds i love that no you know and it's uh isn't it also the uh same uh inks and uh colors as when they glappy and an fco i think are on this too i think so right yep yep starts out pretty cool somebody is 
just drawing lines of chalk all over the city and if you look if you connect it all it makes like a I think a bat or something and where the heart of the bat is lands in Crime Alley where Batman's uh, parents were killed. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a giant chalk outline of Batman. Right. So like threatening to kill him basically and yeah, the the heart, where the heart would be. Is really I, I love the, uh, I love the Batmobile that he drew, yeah. like creeping, creeping through the street. I can like imagine like a really high intense rumble. And like a low sounding like as it's like fucking going through the streets that's a badass looking little fucking chunky ass chubby batmobile looks under the umbrella leaf what appears to be a uh like a decomposing 10 year old bruce wayne it looks like almost or yeah. something that resembles him and then you see like gears ticking and when it's like it was it's his arm shaking or there's like this static. yeah looks like a little kid on a vegan diet or something yeah. oh shit so, yeah there's basically a, a mechanical trap built into him that once the umbrella got moved yeah. it raises the arm up and fires a gun yeah. son of a bitch booby trap little boy yeah bruce wayne wakes up in like a straight jacket in an arkham asylum with a normal doc looks like a normal joker playing doctor and apparently he's been in some kind of coma for a long time all the usual suspects are passing by and alfred comes in and Starts explaining to him that uh, you know he's been down for a while and uh, he just come back and that he was the one who killed his parents and all of the villains, you know, all all of Doctors. the rogues were yeah actually people they're helping him so we can see normal versions of them like Bane looks like uh, he's a nurse or an orderly or something we've got Har- uh, Harley there and yeah. this is really creepy when they had him in the padded room or the padded cell and he rips a hole and he finds the little little toy dinosaur and a penny inside yeah. of it mm-hmm. yeah it was pretty creepy it's like a horror element. Free. yeah because isn't this chapter called the cave yeah so it's supposedly like kind of alluding that the his imagination is his padded room he or the, what he thinks has been his cave is probably this padded room that he gets thrown into yeah and that's why when he tears through the the padding and he finds the the t-rex and the penny he realizes like fuck this is like the cave isn't real it's just been a part of my like imagination i guess and his cowl is an actual straight jacket with a w on the chest and uh where the ears point up it's actually buckled on like a straight jacket as well so that's uh nice there's some horror elements coming into this one almost reminds me of this john carpenter's in the mouth of madness movie i don't know if you guys ever saw that but it has has those kind of feels to it when I was uh, reading through this. I like how it describes that uh, him being Batman is just him being a nutcase, yelling and probably beating the shit out of all the doctors that are trying to help him, like calling him villains and stuff, the way that uh, Alfred described it. And he was asking Alfred, like, how do I know I'm like Mandarin and how do I know how to fight like this and whatnot? And Alfred explains to him like how he's been training on that. And then he talks about uh, that he, like... So he says that he was bitten by a bat and he got like a virus from the bat and that it was there was just a virus and he never really became a Batman and all that stuff. Mm. Yeah, just kind of just completely breaking down everything that we think is is bat or who he thinks Batman is and and all that stuff. Mm. Are those the Dark Knight symbols every time we change a part like part two? You see those symbols that break up the story? Let me see. Because I was wondering what this uh, is. Man, dude, like, just looking at the art, though, like, Capullo was, like, keeping this in his back pocket. 
Oh, the good good pointing that out. So the the symbols that break up the chapters. Yeah, they look very um, familiar. Chapter, uh, it looks like they're all the same. It's oh, the same. I was I was checking to see if they're any different. Mm. I was going to say those might be the metal. Maybe it's kind of metal. No, it's it's just. The same. It, it sort of looks like a kind of stylized omega symbol. That's true. Oh, what's the? Well, I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to jump too far ahead. That word does come up later, but. Uh, okay. So he's fighting his way through Arkham again. Mm, haven't seen this in a while. Tom King's run did it twice. So it's like ongoing theme where Batman just beats the shit out of everyone in Arkham and just right. makes his. Well, Scott, way that's how Scott's opens up. Mm. Back in Court of Owls, it's him and Dick. Um, in uh, assimilation. In Arkham Asylum, Dick Dick has like that uh, that facial scrambler that makes him look yeah. like the Joker. Yeah. And him and Bruce are beating ass in Arkham Asylum. So it kind of started that way with Scott's run, and it's somewhat ending in that way. And when Batman makes it to the top of Arkham Asylum, it is actually a bell, a large bell, like in a bell. You know, I have Alfred there. It looks like, uh, it looks like Freeze, Joker. I'm guessing the guy all the way on the right is like this uh, Killian Murphy-esque uh, scarecrow, Jonathan Crane. And maybe yeah, it's so the Riddler in the background. I'm not sure. So it's got dark hair. It's two-faced because one of his eyes is oh. uh, open, the other's closed. Okay, that's good. Yeah, that's true. So Freeze, Two-Face, Alfred, Joker, and yeah, Scarecrow. Yeah, and uh, Alfred's explained to Bats that you know, Gotham is it's no friends, no world. It's all gone, and it's kind of been destroyed. And so God damn, this art is so good. That's a really uh, twelve monkey-ish kind of as well and then look at, yeah look, i was gonna say look at the detail in alfred's face as as it shows his aged face batman could yeah. tell that alfred's older than he's saying because of his pulse so then yeah. it's like this what digital simulation that it, it, it's it seems almost like what you were just talking about with uh dick wearing that yeah that disguise that made him look like joker Sort of the uh, Alfred's disguising his age, yeah. but yeah, when, when it switches over, especially on the next page, right after it uh, reveals it, there is so much detail on that one. You know, just all the wrinkles and lines in his face, but then also the shadow from the windows. There's so much going on. Mm. And then uh, Alfred, he asks Alfred, "Why isn't bat? Why isn't he old? Why didn't he age the same way everyone else has?" And then he said, uh, "I want. Uh, I'll tell you, but it's gonna upset you. And then uh, let me hold you one last time before you go." And then they cut over to this. Seems like this desert scene where he he's unearthed from the sand, and he has the straight jacket, bat suit on again. And then he comes across this. Um, it's like those lantern poles that they use for those long um, vapor vapor. The uh, what do you call those things in Venice that they used to use? Gondolas. Yeah, the gondolas. And then that that would be the old lamp pole. And then uh, Batman wipes it off to see that the Joker's head is inside of it. And uh, neither one of them could figure out why he's actually in there. And he takes him on this new adventure. Oh, he does mention, was it the Speed Force? or, or the, Yeah, uh, the, the Speed Force. Yeah. Yeah, Speed Force Storms. Yeah, yeah. Speed, so there's a, uh, that might clue in why Batman hasn't aged. Um, 
And this is uh, one part of three, right? Is it? It's going to be three fifty-page issues. Or I think so. It, it it explains later on when he's talking to uh, um, the individual who's wearing uh, Doctor Fate's helmet. All right. Yeah, Why right, yeah. he looks younger? Yeah. Well, they go they go to Coast City. So yeah. It's, it looks like as if a meteor hit it. Logo. Mo- yeah. A bunch of lantern rings. Fell like uh, dead lanterns fell to the the earth. Mm. So all these lantern rings were up for grabs for like anybody. And so normal people who didn't have like the will and ability to to yield uh, lantern rings started picking them up, and they're just like creating bullshit. Like these um, monster babies, right? Constructs yeah. of monster babies that are going at them. It's a, it's so twisted how they're the giant light constructs of babies because like the the their mental capabilities weren't enough to, to control these rings, but these giant construct babies are out of control and they're just dragging the bodies around. Yeah. Joker's, uh, he's talking. So what does Joker say? He goes, watch the glass man. Will you, I'm just trying to help. We need to work as a team. I know it's new, but you know, baby steps. And then the baby stomps on Batman. <laughs> and then Joker says, I'll show myself out. <laughs> <laughs> That was pretty good. And all of a sudden, the babies get zapped, and this three-dimensional doorway opens. And then all of a sudden, they're in the tank, and Poison Ivy's driving the tank. And uh, Pam, she goes, doesn't he look like the real article back there? And then Pam looks back at him, Poison Ivy looks back at Batman, and just, like, from her arm, whips out a, like, a little branch that whacks him. Him in, yeah, whacks him in the face. Just his mouth wakes up in um well they're they're underground basically they're just they've burrowed underground to hide from you know whatever this problem that uh mm. is about to be taught he thinks that amazon's but you have a supergirl poison ivy donna troy and then um you see somebody come up with a cloak and dr fate's helmet and it turns out to be wonder woman with a mohawk saying that magic is long dead and it's just a helmet uh, i hope that's a little uh foreshadow something hopefully some more dr fate stuff because that'd be kind of cool what does wonder woman explain to batman about what's going on there was a time when why why did all the people start going oh lex luther lex luther showed up and said basically um he's like why are we why are we trying to allow just you know the powerful people to have control everyone can have a piece of the pie so like you know rise up against these heroes and take what you want take what you need and so, like, there was, like, an uprising of people that were, like, rising up against heroes. And uh, they started attacking, like, the Justice League. And then all the, you know, all the superheroes were like, what the fuck do we do? Like, they're all, like, pouring in and, like, going to take us out. And then uh, Batman suggested open the halls of justice to them to, like, let us help them, you know, give them what they need and stuff like that. And so... That was like the 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 worst thing that they could do because as soon as they did it, like people started coming in and overtaking them, and um, they uh, decided to team up villains and heroes against Omega because Omega started to rise up. And uh, uh, there's a there's a panel in the book where it's like Darkseid's fucking head, severed head, like being held up, almost like a, a prize. So alluding to the fact that like Omega was so powerful that it killed Darkseid. And um, it took a war of uh, heroes and villains versus Omega, and uh, it sounds like Omega was victorious, and it drove the remaining heroes and people underground. And um, 
Diana is explaining to Batman like who Omega was, and then like she's like, "There's rumors, but I don't want to tell you because it's gonna upset you." And he's like, "Well, tell me." She's like, "All right, fine, I will." And then um, she tells him that it's basically like it's possible that it was like a Robin or one of his one of his children that became Omega, and he goes, "No, that's not true. That's impossible." And she's like, search your feelings. You know it to be true. They're planning on going underground, underworld to, to Hades. Yeah, she made a, a deal with death so that there would be an area with some light where the remaining people could live. Yeah. Brutal. It shows Diana going back and checking the case that Batman was looking at that had his like bat suit reserve in it. Mm-hmm. And then she, she checks it and it's empty. Like he took it. Yep. And then, so he took his suit back. And they t- he took the Joker head as well. And it looks like they're going on a... It's the rebirth suit too, so I don't know if that's like uh, kind of making a statement or. Well, this, uh, that's a rebirth suit, right? Yeah. Oh, we didn't talk about uh, how she mentions how he's young. It was at the end of uh, Zero Year, right? Um, when he talks about how, or no, was it the end of Zero Year or was it the end of Endgame? When he's talking about their their fifty two run, basically. Mm. Oh, yeah, I don't even remember what was what was the last arc. I think it was Endgame. The the part that I was going to allude to was I think it was in issue fifty two, uh, so right after the end of Super Heavy, when Bruce mm. comes back to being Batman, he uses that machine that yeah, he had yeah, yeah. Created, uh, that would always make a new Batman. You know, it right. implant a new body with the same memories and everything, so that Gotham would always have a Batman. Right. So basically, uh, it, it seems as if the original Batman died so alfred missed having bruce so diana agreed to let um alfred create a new bruce wayne specifically to be just bruce wayne not batman but because batman fucking is you can't be bruce wayne without being batman he like that's why alfred was trying to make this like um you know, like virtual reality where it's just trying to keep Bruce Wayne as Bruce Wayne, even though like this Batman psyche is trying to break free. Alfred's trying to make this like alternate reality explaining why Batman thinks he's a Batman and all this shit. But he's going to break through every time regardless. Grant Morrison pretty much, you know, wrote that. And so that's why he's young is because he's a young man that was resurrected as, you know, his clone basically as Bruce Wayne Batman. And he's given all these... Uh, memories and so they're kind of coming out and now this is where he is so it's basically a young batman in a futuristic like uh, apocalyptic setting after this giant crazy war yeah because and, uh, uh, and she had helped or allowed alfred to drag that machine out to the desert there and and use it to create a new batman nutty shit now nutty shit. not hop on friendly no. <laughs> well, I mean, where Diana explains that she tells Bruce that Batman was the first to go down. But I'm thinking that might mean like, you know, I, I don't I think he still hasn't been told the full truth. <gasps> Some mega was him. So it's straight Darth Vader, bro. So Batman is Darth Vader. Could be. Diana never told you about me, did she? He's gonna she told me enough. Take off his she tablet. told me you killed him. He's going to be all pale and wrinkly and have dots. No, Bruce. I am you. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool shit. I like that. I like that a lot. He is Omega. Ooh. Damn. 
That's fucking cool. If it's not Bruce, who could it be? Conceivably, it could be Dick or Damien or something, but I don't know. I, I have a feeling that we're going to see it's Robert Pattinson. The story. Snyder already knew far in advance that this was going to happen, so he wrote Robert Pattinson into Batman uh, continuity. I like that stuff, yeah. The cool thing, too, is at the end, it shows the next issue teaser of, I think we saw this image before, but of Bane with uh, a, like, sickly like spider-esque looking scarecrow on his back yeah it looks attached to me some people thought he was yeah like it's him, growing out of yeah. him yeah she looks crazy he's, he's, nice. he's got like uh, a noose around his neck it looks like he got some like he's got like a bag over his face that maybe is helping keep him alive he's got those crazy um syringes for long fingernails yeah, you don't see where like like uh, Bloom kind of Mr. Bloom kind of hands. Like it. The next issue hit. Two is scheduled for July thirty first. All right, Ooh. all right, not bad. Yeah, actually, uh, I I do I think I do remember that. Two months. I I think yeah I think it was originally announced to be bi monthly. Mm. Interesting. You know, fifty page books they're pumping out. It's not you know surprising. Yeah. It's going to be bi-monthly. The Batman Detective Comics Annual Number 2 with the black case book on the cover. That was Morrison, right? That did yeah. That. Well, they didn't they just do that cover? I think Jim Lee did that on uh, the Grant Morrison uh, story that they did with Scott Snyder mm. recently. But that image is it's like in my, it's burned in my brain. Somebody did it, and I think he redid the cover. Unless I'm completely wrong. But yeah. I don't know. I, I I feel like it it was in a recent issue, but I think it might have been Guillaume Mark that did that. Mm. I don't know. I'm feeling like it was him that did that too, but this is his cover. But yeah. I know we saw his version of this recently, so it looks interesting. Very cool. You got the little Nora doll and globe dome on the cover, and right next to that is what appears to be the red hood helmet, the long red hood helmet of the dog dick. So uh, yeah, cool cover. Unfinished business. Uh, Peter Tomasi, uh, Paris, France. The Reaper's back. The Reaper is back, man. Um, very cool to see that character again. Makes you think how s- ridiculously similar the Reaper looks to Phantasm, doesn't it? Like the, you know, the hood, the skull face with the big ass hook, like just yeah, yeah the scythe. Yeah, they got yeah the and, scythe and the fucking they got chains around them and shit. This is a beast, beastly Reaper, man. Um, yeah, and one cool thing that they do with this issue is the two artists trading back and forth on pages. We have uh, Travis Moore who did uh, way back to Batman thirty eight with the twisted little kid that thought he was Bruce Wayne. It carved Thomas and Martha in his head. Wayne Bruce, bro. Yeah, it's funny how uh, they incorporated the eraser in this. I love it. it eraser like, head. What the human eraser. <laughs> what What was the um? Freaking, uh, oh, well, who was that 80s pop music dude that had the glasses and that kind of head, that hair? And it was Max like, Headroom. Is that what he, that's exactly who I thought yeah. of when I saw them draw the eraser. Like, really? They're really going there? And he's like erasing oh. everything. <laughs> Bat, what does Batman spray on him? Is that like, uh, it looks like some clay or paste, but I thought it was going to be yeah. some kind of joke. Yeah, just like a pun. Cover him, yeah. Yeah. 
then uh, Gordon asks if Batman has any summer plans. And then uh, while back at Wayne Manor, Batman learns of a uh, what appears to be a Reaper copycat killing people in Paris. So, you know, they're heading out to, to France. He, ta- he, he looks through the black uh, case book. He actually, I like how he explains it. He's talking about um, most of the uh, what he dealt with in terms of his unusual and unexplainable adventures. I thought that was really cool, like little paper clippings and stuff of what happened. And they go back into the Reaper's history. I also love the rest of uh, the bookshelf there. There's uh, Gates of Gotham, uh, Grant Morrison's, uh, well, it's basically uh, Arkham Asylum. There's a book called The History of Arkham, A Serious House. Mm. Uh, Untold Legends, Year One, Year Two, Year Three, Lost Year. No, no wiki needed in uh, Bruce's library. <laughs> yep, no wiki needed, man. He he pretty much sets up Alfred to be like this uh, <laughs> drunken guy in a tux in the streets of Paris <laughs> at night as bait, while these uh, random guys just approach him and are gonna you know rob him and beat the shit out of him. It's one thing to put Alfred out there as bait, but he actually takes a punch in the face. Yeah, I was thinking <laughs> about that too. They, he's using the Batman Incorporated Batcave in Paris as well. Getting a lot of nods to Morrison. Uh, yeah, all that background. Tracks him back to this bookshop where he uses another kid as bait dressed up as the Reaper. And there's a bunch of Reaper costumes as well. I guess the son of the original Reaper is trying to set up a whole global network of Reapers. Reaper yeah. Incorporated. <laughs> yeah, to take his, his father's job uh, bigger and just do it everywhere. Julian Caspian, yeah. So that's what he's going for. Then they release Reaper Prime, which is like this Reaper on steroids. There's an like A-Rod Reaper. It's Alex Rodriguez Reaper. <laughs> A-A Reaper. <laughs> A-A-Ron. <laughs> They're going at it. They got guns. He has guns within. No, it turns out he had a suicide vest on as well, like bombs and shit, so. He had to get that kid out of there quick before he blew up the bookshop. And uh, it looks like it's to be continued. Oh, it ends open-endedly where, this, you know, he's still got to track down this guy Caspian in terms of, and his global network of Reapers. So it's cool well, to see uh, them. I think uh, oftentimes annuals are either a throwback to an old story or a precursor to something. So we'll probably see this story come back around either after the Arkham Knight arc finishes uh so maybe this will be what we see uh doug back on Dougie for Dougie. his next or maybe after that heroes in crisis number nine is that the last one numero nueves yes but that's weird that it ends at nine you would think like didn't they add one my my, my jump in the gun or was it snyder got a book added for something uh, they, they did just add one to um uh Batman Who Laughs. Ah, uh, that's what it was. To bring that story into Joshua Williamson's new Batman Superman book. But, uh, yeah, I think originally Heroes in Crisis, if I remember right now, I think it was going to be seven issues plus two specials. But then they decided, okay, well, let's not complicate it. Let's just include those issues into into the main title. There are no switcheroos or anything uh following the last issue like a lot of people are thinking oh well they'll they'll do something that'll just fix everything but nothing really gets fixed like they don't use some time travel trick to to make it all have never happened uh he still killed people because he you know freaked out 
So he's still guilty. He's still going to be put away. And, but uh, yeah, everything gets settled out. But uh, it's it's not a happy ending. He killed like how many? How he, so Arsenal is dead for sure. This is it. Blue or fuck. There's there's like four or five people for sure that he moited. He yeah. murked him. But the only difference is that um, I did like this touch where in issue one, uh, Harley takes a flower that I I didn't really explain where she got it from. But I guess it was like from the corpse or from where um, Ivy was killed. And then in the first issue, as kind of like a um, like a farewell, she like throws it into the water. And uh, that's kind of all you see. And then in this issue, Wally's explaining to Wally there's a flower in the water at this location, plant it. And so, but basically, uh, poison ivy is reborn out of that flower. And uh, so because even though she was moited, um, she gets to be reborn. And she changed a little bit. You could tell, like, she looks a little bit different. She's acting a little bit different. But at least uh, poison ivy fans, all three of you, um, were able to get her back, which was nice. The main thing, as soon as you see Ivy speaking, I, I spoke about this before, uh, something that had been set up in Justice League Dark was Swamp Thing talking about not being the avatar of the green anymore and you know, going off to, to just sit in the Parliament of Trees. And he was telling Constantine that uh, the world would be would be better off with an avatar of the green that was still rooted to the world, you know, still basically gave a shit. So when we see Ivy resurrected in a new body here, the most noticeable thing is that she's speaking in Swamp Thing's traditional cadence, you know, the a couple words at a time and you know, all speaking very slowly. So it's it really looks like she is now set up as the new avatar of the green so she's basically the new swamp thing interesting which will mean that she will be even more powerful than she was before though you strike me down now doth i'd be more powerful you can ever imagine yeah dude star wars all over the place this week cool though that's it's a big deal right there yeah absolutely though i'll you know see it it may not please everyone who just wants you know regular old ivy you know the relationship with harley kind of stuff happening but he still killed her robin okay so we get the we have the green skin back it's green skin and it looks like it's got uh where her like where her muscles and ligaments it looks it looks like um she doesn't have skin it looks like all of her is green it's pretty cool yeah she she's made of plant material i kind of dig it and that shot of her and harley hugging classic harley that's absolutely gorgeous man and look at that fucking kadunkadunk thunk boot hey on harley quinn damn holy how dare how dare play man how dare he do that yo she got like a fucking washington heights ass boy damn that's gorgeous man that's a tattoo right there boy holy shit look even the word pretty girl you that's gorgeous man that is beautiful if you rewind it in the issue where um who is it uh blue or yeah blue beetle and booster and flash mm, not flash blue Be- blue beetle booster um batgirl and harley all show up and they come out of uh, the the ship 
And um, that fucking image, goddamn, Batgirl looks amazing right there. A lot of people were freaking the fuck out at like the stuff that happened and all of it. This kind of got, not all of it got explained. I mean, it did get explained, but um, well, what's interesting is because of this ending. So uh, Wally, so the version of Wally that freaks out and kills everybody goes back to he needs a body of himself to set it all up to make it seem as if he wasn't the one that did it. But as he's doing that. Um, Skeets and Booster and the other the other characters were able to, in a way, like intercept to stop it from because they were like kind of on the case, kind of doing detective work, and they were able to figure out what happened. So, um, Wally speaks to Wally, old Wally speaks to young Wally, kind of like you don't have to do this, you know, like um, you don't have to, you don't have to like follow through with this mistake, like just take responsibility for what you did. You're not alone. You know, the you had a family; they're gone, but it's okay. You're not alone. You're not the only one that's been through things, and everyone here has done something horrible and horrific, just like you have. Be an example for them how to come back from it and take responsibility for what you've done. So basically, in a sense, as because he does that, now we have two Wally Wests. We have the one who actually went ahead and and murdered the people. Well, I mean, it was an accident. So it's more like manslaughter. Who manslaughtered um, these heroes? And then you got the one who talked him out of like talked him out of framing it all, you know, and talk, talked him into taking responsibility. So technically you have a, a guilty Wally West and then one who's not guilty. So it's kind of crazy. And then I think the issue ends with uh, the guilty Wally West being put into custody by the, by the Trinity. And then it kind of alludes to the fact that the other Wally is going to be out there and continue on being the flash. So um, yeah, Wally, Wally West fans, I don't think they're going to be completely happy because you know, one version of him still kind of fucked up and did all this horrible stuff, but the other version of him is getting to. I saw um, where people were hinting at um, they're, they're doing a Wally West flash book, and somebody said that they thought it was going to be Gerard's with uh, Tom King. I don't know with the new news of Batman and Catwoman coming recently that he's going to have time to do that, but that'd be very interesting to see that book come out because people have been complaining about Wally not being featured. Uh, since the rebirth special because they said that he was like the symbol of hope in the dc universe and where has he been and how come he hasn't been featured and you know he's been the most uh active flash for decades yet you know they they want to retcon and use um barry but whatever but yeah i mean it's interesting to see where this goes now and that uh, the story's all wrapped up the story got a lot of shit it, it got complaints from like issues like two and three yeah. of a nine issue run so it's kind of brutal it got it got picked up and and beaten over the head with like you know the thing is is like it's like i understand you not liking something but it's like it's the flash like things are gonna happen just fucking let it go through before you like start you know chopping people's heads off like let let somebody tell their story you're not gonna like it or you do like it you don't like it whatever you know mm. um and I, I, I think that now that the story's over with, people are going to realize, oh, well, maybe I didn't have to freak out so much because Poison Ivy's back, Wally's back. Green skin, baby. I'm loving it. Yeah. Loving I it. know Arsenal fans are probably still pissed. Hmm. All 12 of you. Good people of Gotham. This is Bat Force Tom's wife. Thank you for listening to Bat Force Radio. Now will you take the trash out? Fine. God, do it now. It's that time of the year again where we get another issue of Doomsday Clock. So, Robin, what happened in this one, man? Cause like a lot of the others are interspliced with, uh, it goes back to showing 
flashes of the Nathaniel Dusk uh, story, but the main things, like the the most notable thing that's going down in this issue is uh, Dr. Manhattan basically narrating everything, all of his involvement, everything that he's seen of the DC multiverse since, like we see a flashback of when he, in the Watchmen books, I think it was from before Watchmen, uh, where he is leaving, you know, like he says he's he's leaving that galaxy and he's going somewhere else and where everyone was predicting, okay, that, that means he's going to have something to do with, with the DC universe. So we finally see him in this explaining everything that he's seen. First, he talks about uh, all of the changes that he's seen through the universe, like via, via watching Superman and the way that the multiverse, he has seen the multiverse molds itself around what has been happening with Superman. So we see the original uh, incarnation of Superman from 1938. You know, he says it's 1938 and the world sees Superman for the first time. But then he keeps seeing all of these changes where someone was changing the universe changing the multiverse and he's referencing basically all the different retcons and reboots through the years and we he gets up to the point of new 52 and that's where he says that he made for the first time he made a change to the multiverse and it was noticed and we see uh we see wally west flash like as uh, we saw in the button when he was trying to come back, we see him saying, who are you? You know, I, I know what you did and basically catching him in the act of changing the multiverse just to see what would happen. So it's a, a very cool way that it's been linking all of the retcons and changes to continuity over the years to all being something that were witnessed uh, by Dr. Manhattan. Uh, and he, he, aside from referencing just retcons like those, he, he talks about the existence of the multiverse itself and um, refers to the main Earth as being the center of everything, the center of the multiverse, and all of the other planets, all the other universes in the multiverse mold themselves around, uh, I think he calls it... Uh, the metaverse and that's basically the the main universe uh he's saying it dictates everything that happens for the entire multiverse and he even uh, references there being uh, a, a dark multiverse and uh, basically touches everything that anyone has ever created in dc comics damn yeah, it's, just, it's really out there. I know I most of what I said probably didn't make any sense, but it's just so crazy. And it, it really uh, made it sort of, uh, this might explain why it takes so long for these issues to come out, because Jeff Johns had a shitload of stuff to figure out how to explain all the stuff that he was that he was trying to explain here. Dude, yeah, like flipping through the, the issue, like... You see stuff from the Legion of Superheroes. You see um, JSA, like, setting up the roundtable. Stuff that, like, Johns himself has been able to write and touch on. And really awesome. Look, Gary Frank's such a fucking awesome artist. Seeing him do, like, those things 
Yeah, oh, man, it was it's awesome. You ever, you, ever, you ever see that uh Shazam book he did? Uh, yeah, Gary Frank is uh he's a beast. I'm waiting for that Earth One Volume Three though, man. Mm-hmm. It needs to grow an extra hand, if you know what I mean. But uh, right. yeah, this looks really good, man. You know, I didn't realize the HBO Watchmen series is like a sequel or a continuation of the original or the original story, I should say. Yeah, Osmond Dias is played by Alfred Pennyworth. Yeah, that's crazy. So uh, people, you know, it's HBO, man. They they rarely miss. So I'm, that's going to be pretty exciting to have some like ongoing Watchmen continuity. Would you say like Watchmen are almost like DC's X-Men or like it's on that level of popularity? Or what do you guys think? Um oh, man, it's hard because they haven't really had the uh publication uh history that X-Men has. X-Men's been going since like the what the 60s. Yeah. But, uh, Watchmen I think is kind of like um it's like an atom bomb though like it's uh, like its own thing because it, it's almost like it had its it, it had its uh you know it's one story and then but many consider uh, it to be the best story ever told in comic book history give or take there's a lot of people yeah, it depends on who you talk to alan moore would say that even he doesn't think so anymore yeah. fucking <laughs> nutcase <laughs> so. i do want Watchmen to be Do? fully integrated into the DC comic universe. Uh, the the biggest moment in this issue is uh, Doctor Manhattan basically saying, "Either I will destroy this universe, or I will leave it alone, and Superman will kill me." Damn, mm. yeah. that's brutal. You got Doctor Fate Inspector in here as well. That's pretty cool. How many more issues left in Doomsday Clock? Two. This is a Jesus. Yeah, and it will take six years for those two to come out. Well, hardcover <laughs> volume one's coming out like I think in September. Ah, oh, they're making it two volumes. That's what I. That's what I read. It looks like they're gonna do volume one and volume two. So uh, I want to see a nice little absolute uh, slipcase for this guy. Yeah, they'll get it, but you you know, absolutes are one of those things where you gotta wait a while. Like I know everyone wants the White Knight absolute as well. By the way, speaking it, of print. Batman White Knight hardcover is gorgeous. You could just flip through that all day. Absolute Black Mirror is in stock. Go get that. Hardcover Mr. Miracle is uh, everyone scrambling to get one of those. You know, Tom was yeah, on the corner yeah, the other day. Good luck. You might be waiting for a second print. Catwoman Annual Number 1 by Joel Jones. I was going through it earlier. It's like um, they're, they're recounting, they're retelling the story of how Selena befriended this girl and she had a bunch of friends come over, and they—I guess she, they were in training for like some kind of heist or something like that. And everyone's given their account of the story. You know, it looks like some cool, typical Catwoman stuff. I guess if anything that this could be good for is a segue into the fact that we're getting a Batman and Catwoman 12-issue mini. I think at the end of this year by Tom King and uh, is it Clayman? Clayman's doing it or Clayman? Crosby, Montana, right? I guess that was planned for a while. I think they announced it early with two kind of ease the burden of the news in terms of tom king being let go early i guess 15 yeah, issues that, before uh, that, that new that news had leaked out like they they weren't intending to announce that yeah. until they were announcing this mini series happening there was a lot of but mm. news sites doing what news sites do they you know leak things out and fuck situations up well we're going back to uh it's not bi-monthly anymore. It's going to be one issue a month now, which yeah. I like two issues a month. But but someone was like, well, what if the quality is a lot better? Right, yeah. And I was like, and the art's more consistent. And the Look at that. 
I've I've been completely happy with the way things are going though. You know, I mean, like, I I am t- I mean, I don't mind. I, I don't. I'll take for me. It. The quality has been there. They were able to. They were able. That's that's why. Like, you know, they they've been able to play off so many different artists and keep the quality up because you're not fatiguing the same guy. You know, you got Clay Man, you got Mitch, you got Mikael Jannon. Um, you got several other people who are doing you know, you know issues what, here and there. I'll, I'll be honest though. I um, for the most part, I don't. I prefer one artist as opposed to two artists in one issue. I do. I do also. You know, I do too. Um, even if they're good artists, it definitely throws you off. I think the only way it it would work in rare occasions, and that's something like Jock and Francavilla, which bounce off each other really well. But in a lot of these other cases, I just I felt thrown off when there were two artists on one book. Um, you but, know what I was just thinking right now? Who we're probably going to lose? George J. Fiornes. One thing that's been a great result of the way things have been going with the, you know, bouncing between artists for arcs and then, yeah, the, the odd issues that would be split by like Jorge Fornes and Lee Weeks. Like, we got a shitload of great artists and we got to see new artists that we, we hadn't seen on the, on these books before. That's true. I, like, I, uh, we got Jorge on there. We got uh, Travis Moore that we were just talking about because of. All the, all this influx of artists coming in. I would prefer yeah. that they just alternate issues instead of within an issue. You know what like, I mean? Like, like they'll do because I like somebody them. do three or four issues. Somebody else do three or four issues. Yeah, like, like, like you could you could there literally go one and issues. one. You know, there haven't been that many issues that were split, and when they did do split split issues, it was done like almost for a reason like it would split up like uh scenes from the past between from the present you know the switched between artists that way Mm. so it was you know it worked to a good artistic effect as long as they give us an additional title because give me give me like at least one batman book batman related book a week you know that's kind of what i want I'm so, yeah, I like the situation of we had one week Batman, the next week Detective, the next week another Batman, the next week another so, Detective. Yeah, so if you're a Batman fan, you're pretty much getting a weekly. On a side note, it's so ridiculous how if you can't you can't call yourself a true Batman comic book fan if you're pulling Batman and not Detective out there because it's this, it's pretty much the same shit. But nobody even a lot of people don't even realize like Detective is on its own thing and Detective never gets. It's head cut off the way Batman does. You guys ever notice yeah, that? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, like, yeah. Well, all all this talk, everyone's talking about like, oh, they they wanted to, to take Tom King off it because the sales were slumping. Well, guess what? Even right now, Tom King has two issues of Batman per month in the top five, mm. and Detective Comics doesn't break the, like the top fifteen. That's crazy. I know. And it's, it's the, thing the same is that, shit. They're both, no, it's, it's just a different It's good title. right now. It's good right now. Detective yeah. is fucking amazing right now. Detective is always good, I think. Great. Yeah, it, but it's been particularly solid since Rebirth. Like, James right. Tynan, like, he drew a line in the sand oh, for he Detective. he was eating up the competition, man. Whole fucking ketchup and mustard. Team yeah, book that, that I actually great. cared about. You know, um, I, yeah, I loved everything about that. Like, the art. And the mood, it felt like Gotham. It felt like Detective Comics. Uh, and bring Clayface back. Yeah, it's like they get to do whatever they want on Detective. It's like it's not under the same microscope as Batman is, even though it's 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 literally the same shit. It's just a different title. It's a it Batman was, it book. Was you know? Continuity. It was the precursor to Batman starting. Like yeah, it, it was uh, originally 
that was like the flagship Batman book. Mm. But uh, Batman became the flagship book, and uh, yeah. that's where everyone gets feeling the pressures on that book now. But I mean, DC yeah, I is named after Detective Comics, right? Like, I be, yo, I bet there's so many people out there don't even know that. That's why you know if if people are 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 fucking crying or upset about Tom King and you know coming off of Batman, dude, there's been an amazing detective run going on that you guys maybe not even are looking at. That's been fucking quality, man. It's like street level batman detect like just batman being fucking batman i even enjoyed a lot of the new 52 detective stuff a lot of it that happened especially when manipul was on it and all that shit it was uh oh yeah that was, was a cool right it was like when you take the pressure off um the pressure off of trying to do something spectacular every time you get some damn good storytelling and that's why who was doing who who started ah uh, tony daniel tony daniel and that's where the be- uh, joker's face was ripped off and shit like that, that was fucking badass and then dude. you had jason fabric on there with layman doing like a, a oh man penguin shit it was uh emperor badass. penguin i tell you one thing i've thought of recently uh and this is interesting this is and we talked about this in the past but there, there's this huge demographic now you know with I guess, I don't know if it's always been like this, but today more than ever, it's, um, and it tends to be younger people, late teens to 20s, whatever. And then if if you have like a Netflix series or a comic series, or whatever, the, a lot of these people watch and indulge in it, and they're obsessed with inner relationships in it. And I'm thinking about this big demographic that Batcat has right now, the Batman-Catwoman relationship. I feel... Should be an ongoing series, not not a limited series. We always have Batman Superman ongoings, right? Or Trinities. I think a Batman Catwoman ongoing would be really successful. I really do, and I uh, I think they're gonna see that with the success of the upcoming Tom King um, run with Clayman. I think that's gonna be a crowd pleaser as well when that hits. So um, I've been thinking about that a lot now. How that that dem- that that's a huge demographic that's spiked a lot of sales is their relationship, you know? So. Um, I just I just worry though that there might never be enough to please some of these people. Like well, even if issue one of this Batman Catwoman series has them get married and they're running through the series with them married, like, people are going. But they're not married enough. Make them more uh, married. You know what? Yeah. Well, there's, there's some there's some weirdos all out these, there, but these, you know, if we get all these people that read comics for free on the internet and then go on Twitter to to tear apart uh, writers whose work they're not even purchasing. Like if you could constantly do Batman Superman runs, you could do a you could do a, a, an ongoing Batman Catwoman run. And so his relationship with Catwoman is they work together just like he works with Gordon, just like he works with Alfred. It's just um, well, all of the uh, all of the uh, Batman Superman runs have always been limited series too. Like they haven't been ongoing. There wasn't there an ongoing one. I thought there was an ongoing one. Well, they eventually... they, they, none of them have gone particularly long. Like nothing's ever gone like fifty issues. But they always right? come back too. Like they they're always yeah, doing it's that. years in between. Yeah, but uh, well, it's a good start. Twelve issue run is a good start. So no, because. Yeah, and you know it's a it's a good test you know see how it goes if it takes off and I'm sure they'll say okay yeah let's keep doing this I guarantee you it's going to be successful it is I I you know you know Tom King is going to wrap it up well he, like he's been he's been building to this and you know it's going to please a, a lot of people and um, 
I guess I guess it was going to be in the original run, but now it's going to. I, well, I don't know actually. I don't know if it was planned as a mini or if he was going to incorporate it into. What if the 15 issues they sliced out of what he was supposed to do, 12 came out to do the Batman Catwoman run? You think that's what happened, or do you think uh, this was planned? Mm, I I don't know. I don't I don't know that this would this was a planned thing. Yeah. Uh, Again, like we we just had Tom on what two three weeks ago, yeah. and he didn't give any inkling of this. So hmm. I think this was sort of something that was sprung on him after. Did you see? Um, Trunkless was talking about he was at a con and he was thinking about buying that original art with Catwoman and Talia from that issue when they were going at it, and then and the guy in front of him decided to buy it instead when he saw Trunks into. I was like, oh, that would have been a nice one to have. In continuity, Catwoman kicked Talia's ass, boy. I mean, well, she got her ass kicked in Hush, so it was kind of like revenge anyway. So, yeah. Leviathan book uh, is oh. definitely pretty interesting. <laughs> Leviathan Rising mm. uh, in the Superman issue. Yeah. So that's a very cool start. So basically there's this guy called Leviathan who's running this sort of organization uh, and he wants to take down Superman like everybody does, but he's not going to do the same things that everyone has always tried. You know, like, oh, we'll, we'll just go after Lois and then we'll have him. Uh, this guy sends his people to go kidnap Clark Kent. And uh, so we see Superman shows up. Uh, Lois Lane is off in hiding in a. Uh, a hotel in Chicago and Superman shows up there while she's just working and says, so there are some people are in our apartment. Yeah. I think they're there to kidnap me because like these people have like guns and they're all like, in stealth mode, just waiting in the apartment. So he figures out that, you know, that they're there to kidnap Clark Kent and I don't know what they want with him, but, I'm going to go along with it. So he changes into his Clark Kent clothes and just goes home, walks into the apartment, just acts like do, 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 and allows himself to get kidnapped. Like they come out of the darkness and one of the guys hits him with a taser. So he <laughs> very uh, bad acting just flops to the ground. And the guy's like, what, what just happened? And the other guy's like, I don't know. I've never been hit with one of these. Maybe that's what it does. But uh, when he was telling Lois that he was going to go along with the kidnapping, she said, oh, no, you're going to act? Oh, well, oh, okay. It's sort of a running gag throughout the thing that everyone knows Clark is a bad actor when he tries to act. But anyway, he goes along with his kidnapping, lets them take him away, pretends he's unconscious. And then he, quote, wakes up and he's in this, he's tied up in this chair and it's revealed that the person who is running this, the, the kidnapping, is Talia al Ghul. Oh, shit. Nice. And she tells him that, well, you're here because we're going to draw Superman here. And you're going to have a front row seat to what happens and to, to be able to report this. Mm. So it's OG Leviathan? Uh, yeah, kind of, sort of. Well, she is not at the head of the organization. Someone has sort of taken over from her. Okay. And she's kind of an underling. That bitch. 
But uh, where it gets complicated for Superman here, when, you know, he's in Clark Kent mode, acting like he's he's helpless. Before they draw Clark Kent out, like she describes that, explains that they've left a trail that you know doesn't look like they've left a trail, but they've purposely made it obvious for Superman to figure out what's happened and and to track him there. But before they wait for him to show up, they put this kryptonite vest on him so that Superman won't be able to touch him when he gets there. Oh, so now he's <laughs> you know, you're like, oh, 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 no, you, you shouldn't do this. You shouldn't. No, you shouldn't do this. But it's too late. They've got this kryptonite vest on him. And the next time we come to him, he's just down on the floor. But in the meantime, uh, Lois has gone to the apartment and figured out that, you know, Clark did go along with this, but she's not hearing back from him. You know, she hasn't heard back from him in, in a day. So she takes out uh, the special cell phone that she has and calls in Batman, Wonder Woman, etc. So they all go on the hunt to, to track him down. Brutal. By the end of it, they're basically trying to figure out who's after him, what's going on. Uh, this issue also introduces the new Jimmy Olsen book that's coming from Matt Fraction, hmm. who works a lot with uh, Chip Zdarsky, who we just spoke to. Well, chipping away at that one, huh? Hmm. But, uh, there, there's a lot more on this issue, too. It's it's a long book. It would take as long as going through uh, Last Night on Earth to go through everything in this one. But it's, uh, it was a really cool read, and... It looks like it'll be uh, a pretty interesting event. Mm. Dog Days of Summer, 80-page bastard, I believe. I didn't even get to that 80-page bastard yet. It has There's so um, much stuff. It's like Mammals of DC, so there's a, a cool crypt, crypto issue. Uh, there's one with Killer Croc and Batman. Uh, I think there's one with Beast Boy, all the Mammals of DC. Uh, some really good artwork in this thing, actually. Looks like a really fun read. It's, you know, it's so random sometimes with DC, but uh, this looks like a lot of fun. I'm actually all the artwork looks really good in this. So, I, I tried fun. to open it just now while you were talking, and it's such a giant file; it's gonna take forever to open. Yeah, it's a big bastard. It's, it looks like a really fun read. Yeah, man, that last night issue one really got me back into the swing of things, man. That uh, man, like I, this is this is Capullo, Glapian, and FCO. On fucking steroids, like they're this is the the highest level they have worked at. I'll tell you one thing I've been thinking about recently with comic book art, because I love comic books, and because uh, I've been just flipping through the White Knight hardcover a lot recently, and now I'm like looking at Capullo stuff and all the little detail and work you put into your backgrounds and environments in a comic book. Go so far, go such a long way with the reader, with the quality of the book, everything. Like you see some of these artists, comic artists, and maybe it's deadlines or laziness or what, who knows, but they don't even bother to do much of a background or they're not detailed. And it just, it doesn't stay with you, man. You know, all, all the attention to detail that some of these guys put in, like that's the real high standard of comic art that I love. And it's... You know, I think it's some of the stuff that makes these these books classic is that attention to detail. After going through this first issue with Capullo, man, I was like, damn. Rob, do you have a question for us? <laughs> well, I don't know. Uh, he, he was actually supposed to be here tonight. 
Uh, I literally don't know. Like, we gotta put out an APB on the trunkler. Yeah, where the fuck is the trunkler? Hey, Gotham dwellers. Make sure to stop everything right now and subscribe to Batforce Radio. We can be found on iTunes and SoundCloud. Don't miss out. Guaranteed to satisfy all of your Batman and DC needs.